pastor here. God is so good. I just got back from Florida. Amen. Went by too fast. I'll tell you that. I don't know why. Vacations go by too fast. And uh, mine went by real fast. Of course, my, my twin sister was there and uh, she made it go by faster. Anyway, um, God's good, isn't he? Hey, listen, we got, we got something special we're going to do today. I want uh, James and Charlotte Johnson to co- go ahead and come on up here. Um, as you guys know, we've had uh, two elders that had to step down, and uh, we've, we've uh, been praying, and we've actually been praying for this for actually a while, actually, and uh, we're going to set James and Charlotte in as elders. Come on, give them a hand. Amen. They, um, James is, uh, and Charlotte were elders before here and had stepped down for a while, and uh, we just really felt like that we needed to bring them in um, right now to help us train the next generation of elders. And we do have two elders in training right now. Uh, one of them is Mitch O'Dwyer. The other one is Ryan Jenkins. And they, are, they have been in training actually for a little bit over a year. So they, they're gonna, he's going to come and help us uh, get them uh, on board here sometime this year. We'll do some more training with them. But uh, we wanted to set them in as elders. You know, the, um, the, we're an elder-governed church, and that means that um, we're a team of men and, and women that are just going after the Lord, love the Lord with all of our heart, and and uh, just wanted to serve Him, and that's what we serve each other. We're a group of people, and elders are based and are chosen off of First Timothy chapter three one through seven and Titus one five through nine, where elders are responsible to model a godly lifestyle. They provide a prayer shield for the members, defend and protect the integrity of the church, pray for the sick, mediate disputes, counsel, represent the church. To the community and 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 clean toilets as necessary, amen. <laughs> Servants, amen. <laughs> and uh, we all do that, and uh, we all serve one another. But um, we're going to pray over them. So I want uh, Kelly and Cindy Hill, one of our other elders, and um, any of any of our staff that are here. And if you're on the prayer team, I want you to come on up, and I want you to lay hands on these guys. We're going to set them in. As an elder, sorry, he got tripped over my cane. Um, and uh, we're going to just lay hands on them and just set them in right now as our elders. Amen. But before we do that, I, I do want to honor our past leadership, Pastor Tom and Georgianne. Uh, they founded Cornerstone Church in 1984. Pastor Tom served as a senior pastor here for 25 years. He was an uh, elder here for 32 years. Jack Nelson and our other elder had to, that stepped down recently. He was an elder for about 25 years. Him and his wife, Carol, faithfully uh, served together. So we want to pray for them, and we want to honor them right now. So let everybody bow your heads, close your eyes. We'll pray for them, and then we'll set uh, James and Charlotte in as elders. So, Father, we pray for Tom and Georgianne. We pray for Jack and Carol, and we bless them in Jesus' name. We thank you for the powerful ministry that you had called them to and moved them here to serve Cornerstone Church all these years. And we honor them right now, and we bless them, and we thank you for them and what they have done. And we ask that you bless them with your peace and your grace. And we pray for them to be renewed in their courage, renewed in their strength, and abiding in your love and your purposes, and abiding in your joy. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, we thank you that you are the great shepherd. And we honor you today as the great shepherd, Lord. And you're the one who leads us. You're the one who guides us. You're the one who controls us because we give you control. And so, Father God, right now, we lay hands on James and Charlotte in Jesus' name. And we bless these two right now. 
and we thank you, and we set them in at the office of an elder of Cornerstone Church right now in Jesus' name, that you have anointed them, you have equipped them, and they are born for such a time as this, God, to help bring direction, to help bring uh, stability, to help bring purpose and plans, and to pursue you. This church will pursue you through their leadership, Lord, in Jesus' name. And we thank you for the prophetic words that you're going to bring through them, Lord, in Jesus' name. And we love you, Lord. And we as a church commit ourselves, God, to honor you in your name. And we say yes, Lord, to your word. Yes, Lord, to your purposes in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 Come on, give these guys a hand. Thank you, guys. Amen. Now, James, I want you to say something. There's a mic back there. Why don't you grab that mic? Yeah, that one. I think it probably is on. Yeah, go ahead. They got this? Yeah, it's good. Go ahead. Praise God. I want to tell you guys and encourage you that this truly, I'm truly, truly, truly humbled to know where I come from and to know where I am today with the Lord. Amen. God is faithful. And I just want to encourage the church here. God is really doing a, a, a work in this church. In his church as a whole, he's doing a work. But we are so privileged to be a part of what he's doing. So I want to encourage you. Each one of us have a gift. I was reading in 1 Corinthians. You know, we're all not hands, we're all not eyes, we're not all not ears, but uh, we can serve, we can do something for the body. And I want to encourage you to seek God to find out what it is that he would have you to do, no matter how small you might think it is or how big you think it is. God is able to take you through all of that. So just know that, that God wants to use each and every one of us in here. And we'll thank you so much, and we ask for your prayers. Thank you. Amen. Come on, give James a hand. Amen. Amen. Well, turn in your Bibles to Psalms 150. It's the final psalm. And uh, we're in a series called Why? I didn't mean this to be a series on Psalms. It's just where the Lord's been taking me to. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue with it on Psalms 150. You know, I'm, we're going to ask a question. You know, it's, it's, it's a question that maybe um, that we don't always ask ourselves. And, and it's, it's why do we worship together? And it may not be a question that you kind of think about often, but it's really a question that um, we all need to know the answer to. Why do we come together, even on a Sunday, to worship together? Because I think everything that we do, this is one of the most important things that we have together as the body of Christ, coming together, unified, worshiping the Lord. And so Psalms 150, you can follow notes in your bulletin, but Psalms 150, verse 1, let's read this. It says, Praise the Lord, praise God in His sanctuary, praise Him in His, in his mighty firmament, praise Him for His mighty acts, Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and the harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and the dance. Sounds like a hippie convention, doesn't it? Amen. Praise Him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with clashing cymbals. And look at this. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen? Isn't that a great psalm? You know, let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. You know, you and I were given breath from God to praise Him. 
Everything that we have, that breath is meant to praise him. And in this psalm, we see that this whole psalm, we see that the, pray, the word praise is, is mentioned 13 times. And the word is the, uh, the original Hebrew word is hallel, and which is a form part of the word of hallelujah. That's where we get hallelujah from, which literally means praise the Lord. Hallel is an imperative tense, which it means it's, it's not just a passing phrase. It's not just a suggestion, but it is an absolute command. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And so in Psalms here, I mean, this is, this is a great psalm. This whole psalm, this last psalm, Psalms 150, is a massive repetitive command to praise the Lord. In fact, the whole book of Psalms is an incredible book. You should read through it because it has a lot of incredible context. We see where godly men rise, rise up and cry out to God when they're in trouble and they're hurting and they're in pain. And then they praise the Lord even during this trouble and this pain. And so it's just a great book to get into. And so although they, they would praise Him in the hard times, they will also celebrate the good times. It's really a book about how to party. Even when things are going bad, it's a book on how to have fun, how to party, how to praise the Lord. I mean, there'd be people like David, man, things were going bad all around them. And he says, my soul blessed the Lord at all times. He made his soul do that. You know, a lot of times when we are in hard times, we don't go to that. We complain, we gripe, get mad, get angry, and get depressed. But this last psalm, the last psalm of this whole book is a command. Is a command to praise the Lord. It begins with praise the Lord and it ends with praise the Lord. And so this is what the whole heart of God is. And then it goes on and says, praise God in his sanctuary. So where do we praise him? Praise him in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. You know, we're to gather together and praise him. Just as the heavens praise Him. You know, praise Him in the sanctuary, but praise Him in the heavens. So why do we praise Him? Notice the next line. It says, praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him for who He is. But also praise Him for what He's done. Remember all that the Lord has done for you? You know, that's one of the things when things aren't going well with me. I have to, I have to remind myself of things that have happened in the past. And what God has done for me. And so we have to remember what He's done for you. You know, He's created you. He forgave you. He allows you to enjoy His creation. He provides for you. He heals for you. He, he, allow, he, he gives you the ability to, to gain wealth to, so you can eat and you can be clothed. His deeds are great. And the God who with His mighty hand created this earth, created the trees, created everything on it, burst into the scenes one day. And was born in a major, made of wood that he created, and then intentionally put himself on a wooden cross to save you and I, to rescue you and I. We have a lot to praise him about. And even when you're in the midst of that trial, that persecution, or that pain, how many's ever been in something like that? When we remember to praise him, when we remember to sing his forth his praises about what he has done, even in the past, and what he's going to do, what happens is it begins to strengthen us and give us grace to see it happen. 
Because God is on the move, and he's going to answer your prayers. Maybe not in your time, but he will answer them. And one of the things I've caught myself doing is when I began to worship him and get myself self-focused on him and who he is and just let my breath praise him and not complain about my situation, I get grace. That's the enablement of God to get through it and to wait to see his hand move. Because a lot of times in the midst of your trial, a lot of times you don't see God moving at all, do you? You kind of sometimes can wonder, God, where are you at? You could write a psalm yourself during those times. Isn't that right? But the best thing to do is get to that end. You know, usually when the psalm starts out, a lot of the psalms, they start out the complaining part, right? And what happens at the end? But I will worship you. But. I will focus on you. And that's what we need to do. And when we do that, then we are able to endure and watch him move. Because he will move on your behalf. Because you are his son. You are his daughter. He loves you. He desires to move on your behalf. But he is not moved by your circumstances or your crying and complaining, is he? He's moved by his will. And his will is in his word. Amen? And I love Psalm 71 verse 14. Psalm 71 is about a psalmist that's going through a lot of junk. And then he says in verse 14, after he says all the junk, he says, but I will hope continually and and will praise you yet more and more. And so the psalmist is going through these hard times and this is what it's telling me. The harder it gets, the louder my praise should get. The harder it gets in me, I should praise him louder and more often all the time. And some people, when it gets, when it gets tougher, they get, more, they get comp- more complaining. They complain more and more and more. But as believers, our praise should be louder. We should shout to the heavens. We should thank God for what he's doing, no matter what's going on around us. In fact, sometimes when you feel sad and you want to cry, you should just burst out laughing. Amen? And do the opposite. In fact, fact, most of the times you should do the opposite of what you feel like, you know? You should do that. So he says, praise him according. He goes on, praise him according to his excellent greatness. We praise him for who he is, his excellent greatness. The psalmist says he he is more than a great God. He is, his greatness is excellent. His greatness we can't even imagine. His holiness is infinitely more holy than we can possibly understand. You think you're good? You're not even close. I mean, even Jesus was asked, are you a good teacher? He said, don't call me good. Only God is good. He is the only one that's holy. He, who he is, his love is more loving than we can even understand what love is. His power is greater. It's greater than we could ever even think of. And so he says, the psalmist says, praise him for his excellent greatness. So no matter how big your problem is, no matter how hard it's been, no matter how hurt you are, you got to remember that God is greater than more powerful than what has hurt you. He is greater than what has, who has stolen from you. So we praise him for his greatness, even in the midst of a storm. And then he goes on and he starts saying, praise him with the trumpet sound. Praise him with the lute and the harp. Praise him with the tra- tambourine and dance. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud, clashing cymbals. Yet yeah, the Bible says it's loud. 
I know it, it can be too loud, but praise is loud. It's just, as God is saying through this psalm here, grab anything you can and praise him with it. You know, get a bat and bang it against a wall. Don't do it on these walls because they will go in through it, okay? But it says praise him. He just wants you to get up, and he wants you to do something that will praise him. Make some noise. And throughout the Psalms, we see that. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And so this Psalm builds the picture that God wants us together to praise him. In fact, in fact, throughout the Psalms, Psalms end with a command for the faith community. The Psalm 150 is a command for everyone to come together and praise him. In fact, Psalms 95, the first two verses says this, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. It's not just in the Psalms. Uh, In the New Testament, after Jesus was ascended, after he died and rose again, ascended to heaven, the church began this. In Acts chapter 2, describes the early Christians coming together, worshiping God together, hearing the teaching of the Scriptures together. It's so important. But sometimes some people argue and say, well, we don't need to come together. That is not important. Some say it's not crucial for them. And you probably have had a conversation with somebody who says, I love Jesus, but I'm not that into church. I praise him at home. I praise him on my boat. I love God, but I'm not that big on gathering together. It's private for me. And see, there's a misconception among a lot of believers. There's a a common misunderstanding among Christians that your faith is private. There's a confusion between private faith and personal faith. There's a, there's a big confusion on that. Some people think, I, I have to, all my faith is private. No one needs to know about it. That's not true. Your faith is deeply personal, but your faith is not private. You have a personal faith, and it's changed you. But if that's changed you, it is going to be public because people are going to see it. And you're not only called to God himself, but others are called to God himself. And we're called together as a family of God. He calls us together. So throughout scriptures, we see that God's people gather for worship. But there's a reason why. Why is it important that you and I come together and worship God together? Why is it important that we come and we sing songs together And I want you to understand this because it's so important to where we're going as a church. Because we're going to places that we need to go in worship that we've never been before. But we need everyone in here understanding why we're doing it. Because it's not just so I can feel good. It's not just so I just sing a lot of songs. It's just just not preparation for, for someone to come up and preach. It is so important. In fact, worship to me is one of the most important things we do because I've seen people get saved. I've seen people get healed during the midst of worship. I remember times in worship where people were worshiping God and someone would ask their neighbor, hey, what's going on? I want more about it. And they led them to Christ during that worship time. See, they cha- some things change in worship. Because it's the very presence of God coming through. So why is it important? Number one, is our gathering shadows eternity. And here's what I mean by that. In the Psalms, there's a connection between praising God in the sanctuary and God being praised in the heavens. 
So the command to praise Him in the heaven is occurring right now, 24-7. Those who have gone before, before us and all the angels are con- constantly praising God right, right now before the throne of God. And this is what happens when we come together and praise Him. We are singing the same thing that they are singing in heaven to God. And we're singing them by faith. And that connects connects us. And that's where heaven comes down to earth. That's where heaven meets earth is when we begin to sing the same faith-filled songs that they're singing in heaven. And we're adding our agreement to what they are saying. And that's when God starts to move among us. Because this this is a representative of what's happening, going to happen in heaven right now. If you think you're going to go to heaven and be alone on a cloud by yourself, just, hump, just strumming your harp and you half naked as a little baby angel, you are completely wrong. <laughs> Nobody even in heaven wants to see that. <laughs> I am going to have my six pack there though, but I'll tell you that. I've already planned out my body. I've already submitted it to God. As you know, you can do that. You can submit your body plans to God. I can't find it in the scripture, but I'm sure it's there somewhere. Yes, it's in the app. It's in the, it's in the app. You take a picture. No, I'm just joking. I don't <laughs> yeah, it's a before and after, you know. Thank you, Jesus. We don't want to see the before. Anyway, Amen. So we represent what's happened in heaven when we worship God right now. In fact, that command is being lived out. Let every breath that has, every, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. It's being lived out in heaven constantly. He is praised perfectly by the angels. He's praised perfectly by believers that have, gone, have died. And when we gather to him, with him corporately, together, corporately, it's a foretaste of eternity. In fact, it is a witness to people who do not know the Lord. Let me tell you why. They may not understand why we sing the songs and what we're singing about, but they feel something different. There's the presence, the tangible presence of God when there's two or more gathered. There's something happens, guys. When we all come together and worship and we come expecting, there's something great happening. This is what's happening in heaven right now. In Revelation chapter 5, it says this, saying with a loud voice, worthy is a lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom, strength and honor and glory and blessing. They're singing up there now. And then when we sing songs here, Something's connected. There's something connected. And this is the picture of heaven. In, in Revelations there, there's thousands upon thousands of people packed. So many people couldn't be counted. People who have been forgiven because of the slain Lamb of God. People of every tribe, every nation, every tongue. People declaring the praises of God and people satisfied in the very character of God. The thing about it is, when you really get into worship in community, everything else just stays away. It pales in comparison to who he is. 
You know, I love my personal, and I have a personal relationship with the Lord. I have my personal quiet times and my personal worship times, and, and they are awesome, and I like it, and, and I, it's just awesome. But when I come together with you guys, I get so much more. I need them both, you understand? But I definitely need this. This is the picture of heaven. And when people come in who don't know the Lord, they may not understand what they do. I've seen people mock during worship, but by the end of worship, they're raising their hands. You know why? Because it's nothing that I say. It's not of man's wisdom. It's not demonstration of Sean's power, but it's demonstration of the very Holy Spirit of God in this place that's coming through you and I. Because you, not this building, is not the temple. Please don't ever think this building can burn down tomorrow and we have insurance. We'll build another building. It has nothing. It means nothing, this building. What means something is you. You are the temple of the very Holy Spirit of God. And when you and I come together in one accord, worshiping God the Father up in heaven, power starts to go out of who we are. I don't understand it, and I don't need to understand it. I just know it happens. Something happens, and it's the picture of what is happening in heaven. And lives can be changed. And that brings me to my second point. Worship gatherings provide supernatural encouragement. You know, life is tough, and we desperately need supernatural things to happen in our lives. And the scripture says that our enemy, the devil, is going around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. And not only do we face an enemy, but we also face struggles and trials of living in a fallen world. And God has placed you and I in a community of believers. And he wants to use this community to protect you spiritually and to provide encouragement to you and see the supernatural happen. See, God values your private worship the worship you offer him through your life, but God greatly values the gathering of his people. It provides supernatural encouragement that's not found anywhere else. Something happens. See, God's always designed faith to be communal. He's designed faith to be interdependent among others. And there's supernatural things that he does in the hearts through the gathering of his people. And when we gather together, we benefit from the very spiritual gift that he, him, Holy Spirit, has placed in each one of you. Because you have something that I don't have, but I need. And it only comes out when we come together to be used by the Lord, to worship him. And if you sing in your car and you read your Bible in the office, that is awesome and you need to keep doing it. But if you don't receive the impact, of the church together, you're going to be missing a lot. Because you realize God is bigger than you. And you catch a glimpse of that heaven that we all want to be a part of. You know, the writer of Hebrews talks about this. He says, let us draw near, verse 22 of chapter 10, he says, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from the evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. That's what happens when we come together, because verse 25 says, not forsaking the fellowship, the assembly of ourselves together. 
and as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much, the more as you see the day approaching. The writer of Hebrews says, let's worship God together. Let's draw near to him together because there's encouragement that comes from the body of Christ. There's power that happens here. The reason we have our prayer team during, during worship is because there's something about praying during the middle of every one of us worshiping God together. God can do so many things. It, it almost like primes the pump. How many of you guys understand that saying? You had to prime the pump to get the water out. Priming the pump. And we've had so many things happen during our prayer times up here. People have been saved. People have been healed. People have been encouraged. And that's why we do that. See, worship gatherings not always spectacular, but they are always supernatural. In fact, sometimes, you know, we mess up here. You know, the band sings the wrong note, or they get off beat, or they do something wrong, or the sound guy, he, he forgets to turn me on when I'm talking, or something like that. I mean, something happens. But I tell you what, some of the best worship times have been the most messed up worship times. Because it's not about how good we are. It's about how good he is. And when we decide to get ourselves out of the way and say, God, I worship you and I worship you alone and I love you and you are worthy to be praised. When I focus on him, everything just falls off and everything from him comes on. And I get encouraged with that. And when other people are around me, I love that. See, worship may not always be spectacular. We may not always have the lights and the sound and the music right, but it is always supernatural when believers like you and I come together expecting God to move in a great and mighty way and we have faith for it. That's when God can do something. And so when you come in to this environment, come hungry. Come expecting God to do something. You know, we, uh, we get to pray with the worship team right before service. And this is what we pray for you. Almost every single time we pray this, that as you walk through that doors, you will drop every sin, every hurt, every pain, every weight of this world off of you so you can come in and focus on Him. Because those things that were on you, He already died for. And so you don't need to take ownership of them any longer. And so when you lay it off and you come expecting, something great can happen. That you come to this church service from now on, God, I expect you to do something great. Because it's not just about my faith. It's about all of our faith coming together and, do, and believing in him. Because listen, you are part of the family of God. You are not alone. And when we come together, we do that. And that's the great thing about this. We have his word that we're able to study together. We're able to worship together. Great things can happen. I love that. So let's be a church that when we come together, we come expecting. We come expecting God to do something awesome. That we come in here and that we're going to we're going to shadow what's going to happen in eternity. We're going to be an example to everyone that comes into this body, no matter what. 
Someone told me one time, says, Sean, you know, we really need to tone it down and worship. All this excitement, people aren't going to understand that. No, that's what people need. They need the joy of the Lord. They need the love, passion. They need to see somebody out there believing in something greater than what they, are, they have seen. Did you die to yourself when you became a Christian? Yes. You know what that meant? That you're his. And that you love him more than anything. I was, I was in a youth, I had one of my youth groups. We were worshiping. God was just moving. And I looked off to the left and this girl was just doing some, some crazy thing like this, this young teenage girl. And I was, I was thinking, what, what, that's crazy looking. And the Lord says, I love it. I said, okay. <laughs> it just shut me up right there, amen? I don't care how you worship. As long as you don't distract or, you know, come up here and take the mic from Kevin. And but worship passionately. Your passion may be different than mine. I could stick my hand and my finger in the socket, which I have done before a long, long time ago, and react a lot different than you. I'm going to go jumping around crazy, and words may come out of my mouth. But you may just say, ow, that hurt. You worship the way God has told you. Don't, don't, don't think that you have to be like me or be like somebody else, but be passionate about it. Love on God. Come in here. This is why we do it, to be an example and to be encouraged. And that encouragement may be coming from you. Maybe you get, come up to get prayer and you get healed or you get prayers answered. You just feel better. That encouragement may become through you by because God downloads something to you for somebody else that you may just look over to the person next to you and let me tell you something God understands where you're at right now and I he wanted you to know that that's that's an encouraging word how many guys would be encouraged by a word like that amen just whatever God says and you come in here and we're the body of Christ and we see God move amen so let's be a church. So every service that you come in, let's be a church that comes in expecting God to do something. That we're going to worship His greatness. We're going to worship who He is. We're going to worship what He's done. And every breath that we have is going to praise the Lord. So during our time together, we can believe that this can be maybe not a spectacular event, but it can definitely be supernatural. Amen? How many believe that's what the world needs? They need supernatural. Amen? They need supernatural. Isn't that what Jesus came? Did he come anything less but supernaturally? Number one, he was born of a virgin. That takes a lot of work. Number two, he, um, he raised the dead. He healed people. He spoke love. He accepted all. He showed them the way. Amen? Supernatural. Let's be a supernatural church. We may not be a spectacular church, but
but we'll be a supernatural. We'll see people healed, saved, delivered, set free, becoming fully devoted followers of Christ. Amen? Why? Because of us together. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. So, Father, we just love you and we just thank you. Father, we want to be a church that fulfills that command to worship you. Joyfully worship you. Passionately worship you. Father God, there can be tears and laughter in the same time. And so, Father, we want to. We want to do that. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Father God, we don't want to do it just here. We also want to do it in our private times. And when things are rough and hard, that, Father God, we choose to worship you. To bring forth praise. And not complaining, not judgment, not anything else, but praise. We choose to worship you. And when we come together as a church, on Sundays or whatever times we come together, that, Father God, we will be an example to all what heaven is going to be like. In Jesus' name. That, Father God, people will come into this service and not a word spoken, but they will be encouraged because the presence of God is here because we are seeing it. We are seeing you and we are worshiping you. And Holy Spirit, you are moving in and through us, Lord. In Jesus' name. We bless you. We thank you for it. Hallelujah. Let's stand up. Let's worship the Lord. Let's just give him honor right now. Amen? That everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus.